You're listening to Rookie Pirate Radio, the official anime and manga podcast for In Between Drafts. I'm John Agroni. And I'm Travis Imus. And today we are doing a manga recap of One Piece chapter 1077 titled Should Have Noticed Sooner. And hopefully you listening noticed as soon as you did that we discuss spoilers for the One Piece manga up until the chapter we're discussing. So if you have not yet read 1077 be sure to do so now you can always read the latest chapters on the viz website which we link in the show notes they're available for three weeks after the official release and yeah find down the show notes check it out and have a good time and as always we want to hear feedback from the listeners we really do right travis i mean having you all in our discord server it's uh probably the second thing the second best thing about doing this podcast you know what the first best thing is what's the first best thing Reading their emails, because our email address is rookiepirateradio at gmail.com. I'll say it again, rookiepirateradio at gmail.com. And uh, you can do, you can hit us up there. Let us know if we got anything wrong, if you'd like to add to the discussion. Or again, uh, come hang out in our Discord server. We have a special channel dedicated just to One Piece spoilers and discussion for the manga. And like I said, all that info, it's in the show notes. You know where to go. Travis, we have a lot to get to here. We have... We have some One Piece. So much, so much to do. Uh, I'm just going to let you go, actually. <laughs> better going to go through the main that. beats? Yeah, let's do it. Hopefully, I, I, I wrote down the main beats from memory. Hopefully, I wanted to see if I could do it. I, I wanted to see if, like, oh, if I don't even go through the chapter again. Let me see if I can remember everything that happened. So if I forgot something, how, then how you can... How many times uh, do you read a chapter usually? In this case, I read the chapter just twice. So okay. usually read it about four times. But I did it fewer times this week because uh, I feel like it's not that heavy of a chapter. So I, I didn't have as much like what's going on here. Uh, but let's see what happens. Let, so, OK, title of this chapter, like I said before, should have noticed sooner. And there is a cover story, of course, which we'll probably talk about. We're kind of, I think, wrapping up the Germa 66 thing. Uh, but as far as the main beats go, Sentomaru gives out a warning that Egghead could go the way of Ohara. The Luffy, Luchi, Zoro, Kaku alliance heats up. Azura recalls the weakness of the Lunarians. Speaking of Lunarians, or at least people who have similar Lunarian traits, uh, elsewhere in the lab, Nami, uh, I said Nami, Nami and Brooke face off against S-Shark, and they are saved by the demonic eyebrow Sanji at the last second, who apparently is writing his own constitution. And then Usopp, Frankie, and Lilith have uh, really taken a complete L in their fight against S-Snake. And last but not least, Shaka. He leaves the group to try to find and successfully find the Stella Vegapunk in the basement prison, only to get pistoled by the ever-elusive internet theory cannon fodder machine known as the Punk Records Saboteur. I feel like, Travis, for this discussion, we're probably going to talk a lot about that, but where do you want to start this week? I always love giving you the decision. Put the pressure uh, on you. Uh, let's, since you brought up briefly the cover story, let's go ahead and start with that. Cause I, I think you're right. Uh, we're probably wrapping it up here, uh, and it's, and, but we're Volume wrapping it up 32. in a way that makes me wonder if we're going to get a surprise later on. I've seen some speculation that there are people who think that Caesar and judge are going to come into Egghead at some point if they aren't around already, uh, which I find, I guess, kind of interesting personally. I'd prefer if we, we don't do that, but yeah, you know, I'm open I, to anything. I would agree. It would. It sounds like a, just a little too much chaos for uh, for this very chaotic story at this point. Uh, but it is it is interesting that this again is the is the cover story that has weaved its way into current events, and now we have you know an actual picture of the man who is the center of this story arc right there at the top of the cover story. Uh, but I do mm-hmm. enjoy uh, my favorite part because uh, I love talking about the art. My favorite part is seeing uh, Reiju and I'm I always forget the other one's name. So I'm pretty sure that's Yanju back there. Uh, they've just been standing there the entire time this flashback has yeah, been yeah. happening, um, <laughs> which you usually don't like think about time passing in one piece when we do the flashbacks because it's usually almost like happening um parallel to the actual story but no these two have just been fighting yelling at each other about their pasts and these two have just been standing there staring emotionless uh and it's perfect it's great um i think it's ichiji in the background i i think so i think yanji's the one whose hair is a little bit more slicked back right 
I'm not going to argue with you because they're all the same to me right now. It's they're not all in color. It's, it makes they're it all, yeah. Um, they suck yeah, anyway. Yeah. It's fine. But yeah, so to what you're saying, I mean, yeah, we're we're on volume 32 of an emotionless excursion and we've been going through this flashback and I, I kind of like that th- there is this sort of like realization that they have that can spur on the current events that would bring them into the story, which is like, you know, we've had this grudge, you and me, Judge, uh, for years and years and years of who was second best, who was the best or whatever. And and finally, they kind of come to this understanding that, you know what, it's Vegapunk is the reason that our lives have not turned out the way that we want them to. I mean, Caesar, obviously, things really went to crap for him, you know, working for Kaido and then, you know, Judge, obviously, everything's been really, really rough for him uh, as well uh, in terms of uh, his kingdom being on the outs right now. I don't know. It's a bit immature. I mean, I feel like Judge has really himself to blame for trusting big mom but you know that's another thing i guess if there's anything that we've learned about these two science men over the course of the past several years is that they are not men who want to take responsibility for their own actions they Mm -hmm. want the credit for their achievements but they do not want to take responsibility uh so that it's completely in character for them I'm certainly like, you know, interested in the idea of the Straw Hats running into this group again, you know, this group picking up Caesar along the way and having a reuniting of Sanji and his family could be interesting and having a real conflict between the Straw Hats and them because of them harboring Vegapunk, if that is where we're going. But yeah, uh, I won't be surprised if we move on to a new cover story here in the next month or so. It, I, I'm honestly kind of ready for it. I'm not going to lie. It feels I, I think we checked this before if it was the longest one. And it wasn't, but it feels like it's Close. the longest one. I it, think we I think we covered that it's like the longest consecutive, but uh, at least like, I mean, it's not always 100 percent consecutive. We get, you know, color, color spreads and things like that in between. But uh, the only yeah. thing I was going to mention with this is that uh, for the next cover story, I'm kind of curious what we're going to get because. I doubt it's going to be anything that's like new world focused in the sense that, you know, what's going on with like Blackbeard, Law, Crossgill. I feel like all that stuff is going to be a little bit too, you know, pressing for us to get a cover story. So I'm wondering if we're going to get a Yamato and um, Mamanosuke cover story next. And uh, and they probably could, just couldn't do that before because Emotionless Excursion really overlapped with Wano. So that's my number one bet. I, I don't know if there's any other that you think might be a little bit more... We technically, we technically have new bounties, so we're due for new decks of the world. But that, uh, you know, I feel like the time has passed, seen, hasn't it? it? I mean, at the at the end of the day, when you get down to it, we know what's going on in a lot of spots in the world, which mm-hmm. is usually what decks of the world is actually supposed to be. Is not everybody reacting to the bounties like right. it looks like? It's supposed to be. Oh, hey, Vivi's doing this. Oh, hey, you know, Dalton's doing this over in Drummond. But we know what's going on all over the place now uh so it kind of it, it feels like it would almost be perfunctory right but, and we're not going to get the grand fleet you know into the story like that next i feel like they're going to be coming into the story like for real for real i think the characters were longest away from seeing that are at that top of the list in terms of importance would be yamato and mamanosuke and the scabbards and yeah. we probably need a cover story to get across what they're up to because the wano stuff i think is going to come into play and i think there is going to be a lot going on with mamanosuke in particular that's going to inform what happens in the story later but i'd be surprised if we don't get that cover story at all like which i guess is possible but it would just be weird if we just you know fast tracked or jump cut right to like where those characters have progressed without really getting to show. It's like if we had jumped to Kobe and Helmeppo, you know, without Garp and his uh, mentorship with them. It would have been weird. Yeah, no, you're right. It would be weirder to check back in with them later, which we have to do. We have to be going back, like not even if we're not physically going back to Wano, but like it's less than optional. Yeah, <laughs> it, sure. we have to be doing something with with them. So that seems pretty optimal. Um, I will offer uh, NL return from space. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, what if he's a traitor? What if he, oh, I mean, <laughs> speaking of, I, I do, yeah. I do have like a new, I, I think I've kind of shifted my thinking on the traitor at this point based on do, what this chapter has brought us. I don't, do don't want to jump ahead, well, but you know. do we want to? It's, it, it is the most important thing that's happened. Do it's we what people just came jump to listen to. The, to. Yeah, I mean, we just want to jump to it. I mean, it would be really quick to go over. I don't have much to say about like, okay, Sentamaru is setting the stakes. Right. It, it's that whole the whole purpose of that is to be like what happened to O'Hara can happen here. We are, we already had that inkling, but I think it's just Oda reminding the readers that there is a timer on what's going on. It's just heightening the tension. And and then the rest of it is a mix of like some of the battles are, you know, going to their next phase. We have 
you know, the comedic relief with Zorro not realizing who the Lenarians are. We, we could talk about that a little bit, but I, I don't have much to say about that. I don't have much to say about, you know, I, I think it's cool that Nami got like a fun moment against S shark and was, you know, pretty effective in, in fighting S shark uh, compared to like Usopp and Lilith just getting rolled uh, and Frankie. It's um, nice. It's nice to see some of them not getting completely rolled. That's yeah. I mean, this is the first L that the crew has properly like like uh, taken um, as a unit since I think the time skip before the time skip question mark. Um, so it's it makes sense that it is once again at the hands of, you know, the pacifista project. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's nice to see Nami like. You know, this isn't actually a kid. I can fight, you know, you're not just completely mm-hmm. falling apart. It's a struggle for her. It's Although a the struggle. upskirt thing, completely unnecessary, Oda. What the heck, man? Like, it, it's a well-established Oda-ism. <laughs> like, I get, it, oh. if, I, if I had to be honest with you, if I had to be entirely honest with you, this is one of those things where I feel like it's a panel he drew for the purposes of the anime more than being a pervert. Uh so let's be honest that's nice of you to that's let's be sure. honest yeah. uh he's 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 based but also kind of a pervert but uh but you, this is one of those things where in in animation i can absolutely see this being more of an upswing rather than an upskirt um i mean the, the, the problem is the costumes to begin with but yeah, I could I could see this if being only something that we had somebody who could draw the costume. Who could draw the, the, the pants, <laughs> you know, yeah. instead of removing the pants from all right. of the women. Yeah, okay, he's a pervert. I I'll, I'll admit it. I I mean I, I respect think, that he's honest about it. That's <laughs> at I think least he's I think honest. the biggest the the biggest revelation I got from this, not real revelation, but I think confirmation of something we suspected is that a weakness of the seraphim is the, you know, the sea, you know, the, the bubbles that Lilith produces do actually weaken them, which we were obviously hoping that would be the case. And sure enough, uh, I still am kind of clinging to the idea that they might run out of the green blood, but we'll see if that pans out. Um, I, it, yeah. It's still absolutely possible because, I mean, you have to be able to hit them properly um and there are there are all kinds of extraneous factors unlike yeah. pacifistas these uh the at least one of the seraphim has a stone cold personality um that's going to be hard to deal with with a lot of our you know mm-hmm. decently natured pirates um i would like usopp to have this gun by the end of the arc though thank you very much <laughs> okay. um if we we're going to upgrade from a sl- slingshot at any time um a devil fruit user beating gun sounds good to me let uh give this is very Usopp weapon, isn't it? it? It's like my first reaction reading it was, hey, this sounds like something we could just put in one of Frankie's hands, right? Like, and he even uses uh, the bubble later on. Right. Uh, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, no, it's a gun. Give it to Usopp. Usopp. Yeah. It's a, it, or he it's would the, invent it himself. Yeah. Try to adapt the, the bubble technology into one of his weapons because it, it makes help. perfect sense. Yeah. With yeah. Frankie's help. And it makes, it makes perfect sense for him. It's a long range weapon and it, it mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily instantly defeat someone, but it does even the score, which a character like Usopp needs a lot more. You'll need that in the Blackbeard fight. Cause without that, think. he doesn't, <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, he, if, he's if going we're up doing against, matchups, yeah. Van Auger, right. Yeah. If you're matching that up, um, you know, Usopp has observation hockey. So that's going to be a factor. in, in if you want to have that kind of matchup, but something that's going to actually even the playing field, I think is just necessary for our non devil fruit users. Nami got Zeus. Um, Sanji has his little, um, Sanji has his little eyebrow trick now, as I'm sure you noticed. In yeah, the he panels. can go demonic, like, and become like the, uh, the and, version and of the German sixty six. Yeah, he can yeah, go they, German. The eyebrows switch places. Yeah, yeah. Which, which that's why I was kind of mentioning. So we, we, you know, Zoro finally confirms to the characters that these are based on Lunarians. It's a little weird that Shaka doesn't seem to know the flame weakness. Uh, because so Shaka's standing right there and I didn't really get this but they're kind of talking about this and be like we don't know how to fight them and Shaka doesn't say anything about it Zoro is the one who's just like oh this is like when I fought King and King you know like when the flame goes out he becomes faster but uh, no longer invulnerable right and so everyone's like you know Rob Lucci is kind of like this is great like he's being like weirdly cooperative but then of course like Zoro was just like oh and, and they look exactly the same and, and they're just like you, you know I think that's like the fun nod of course to the title of the chapter but i think that the title of the chapter i think is also a double meaning a typical oda fashion uh, meaning like i think oda is saying like everybody i the traitor is obvious why why is why why are people not getting this uh, i think right. it's him 
Yeah. Or, or or Shaka should have noticed someone behind him sooner. Even that's true. Um, but but also, down. just Shaka should have noticed that the Lunarian weakness was a certain way. It is very suspicious that he didn't just tell them that he's it, just standing there not helping. Shaka is the weird is one of the weirdest characters that we've encountered in a long time because it's so hard to get a read on him. Like it, it it's one of those things. Wearing a mask he, until now. That, yeah, that doesn't help either. Are we about but, to see his real face? watch it's a robot face or something right because he got shot in the head and so i know i'm jumping ahead again but i just think that like that's not going to kill him because probably he doesn't have a real head i have a rant ready for the did it kill him thing uh (laughs) but uh but he's such a because you're right he you know i would reckon up until this point there's a vested interest in not telling the straw hats everything they need to know about the seraphim um you can volunteer the green blood information because that doesn't really give them a way to exploit that you can volunteer yeah. all kinds of stuff but volunteering the, the 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 weaknesses um especially from the lunarian bits in them uh that at this point sounds like it's critical information. It seems like it is something that should have been disclosed because it's the easiest way to make sure that the Straw Hats can actually protect the Stella. The only real possible explanation that I can really narrow down to is is each of these Vegapunk satellites, and it's super important to remember this, are just pieces of one person's personality. So to assign like a full rational process to each individual satellite feels like we're trying to project a full character onto them, whereas we really can't like it's clear for example that shaka has been standing around here this whole time and he's not really paying attention to the battle he's been trying to figure out where the stella is he's doing calculations in his head he's thinking that through because that's his actual objective they're gonna go fight the surf whatever they'll deal with it it's it's monkey d luffy i know that he has weird stuff so Maybe that's what it is, is just we're trying to ascribe a full character to someone who is just literally a fraction of a character. Well, that, that leads me into my new, like, the, the theory that I feel most comfortable championing at this point, Let's I think it has it. to do with what causes Shaka to think that Vegapunk is in the basement, which we find out is uh, the, uh, I'll double check the name of it, it's like the Devil Fruit uh, Laboratory, the, something like that? The old Devil Fruit yeah, Research Lab. Yeah, the old lab, Devil Fruit Research Lab, which, basement floor. What? You can't just leave that, right? Like, that's that's where the secrets are, man. That's where all the good stuff is. Well, that's what got me thinking about the the connection between the Lunarians, between Sanji, who doesn't have flames, but he's like resistant to flames in a similar way. Um, there have been theories for a long time, I think, that like Sanji has like is like a descendant from Lunarians or something like that, and it has to do with like uh, how he's so. You know, it's not just uh, judges, you know, research potentially, right? It could also be, you know, the fact that uh, he can, like, pick himself back up together even when he breaks his, like, body. Uh, the anime has been showing, like, the Sanji versus Queen fight. And in the anime, you really see he takes some heavy hits. I think the manga, like, didn't really get that across as much. Like, you see him kind of move his neck a bit, but it wasn't as dramatic. The anime is showing him straight up, like like his every bone in his body gets broken and he just snaps out of it like it's fine and that reminds me a lot of what the seraphim are kind of doing where they're just kind of shaking all this stuff off in a very similar way and we have the judge connection right there i don't think it's a leap to say that uh, there's some similar shenanigans going on around here and uh, considering where judge would have gotten really the inspiration to make his children the way they are i don't see why that can't be connected to the seraphim as well um so lots to consider there but in terms of like the the theory that i'm i'm behind at this point because when i first read it i was kind of confused because i was like i thought that uh it was hard for me to tell if vegapunk could see the person who would shoot shaka like i know they were still wetsuit but i couldn't tell if like he could see them but didn't know who they were um but I think like I messaged you about this and you're like, oh, he was probably just like, you know, just probably didn't see him. But it, it's unclear at the very end. Like he has an, a horrified expression on his face, I think because Shaka got shot or because he sees who it is. Uh, but we can talk about that, too. I don't know if you want to no, just jump right to it. Uh, the only really other thing that I want to offer up until this point, and unless we want to discuss the full articles of the Sanji Tushin, um, 
is is I love that literally one chapter away from deciding we're teaming up with uh, Rob Lucci and Kaku, they've had their sandwich moment. That's my that's my favorite thing ever. We we've got all this stuff going on, but Oda made a point. We got to have the no crusts moment for the for the for our new allies, like we did with Law. Like like there's just something about the Straw Hats goofiness that it works like its own gravitational force and the second it's that like, you it's give like in, a secondary devil fruit power it is the <laughs> second <laughs> it, it really know, is isn't now it? that well now that you've brought it up i mean there's literally nothing that says it can't like like that everybody becomes kind of a goober when they're around luffy and they've like embraced him even temporarily like you know he kind of makes them a little bit goofier <laughs> Like maybe that is, um, it's a, there's a, there's a theory. I'm going to go on a tangent. I'm sorry. Um, there's a theory that, um, a few way back before we started Egghead Island, we were just in that transitory period between Wano and Egghead and, and Jimbei thought for a minute that Nami had conquerors hockey because of just oh, yeah. how powerful she was on the boat. And, and, there was a kind of a joking theory. I don't think it was any, anybody who was positing this was really very serious, but it was funny to consider that um, Luffy just simply manifests her own power via the Nika fruit out of his own fear of her authority. <laughs> like, like she doesn't, <laughs> yeah, there've been a bunch of theories it. like that. Like that. W- the reason she's able to beat him up is like specific. There's specifically something about her as a person. Like there have even been people who speculated like her lineage has something to do with it because that's still something up in the air. I, th- um, I think it's, I think it's completely centered around the gag. Like it, it can happen mm-hmm. that way because Luffy trusts her enough uh, to know that she's not actually going to hurt him. And, uh, and that then subsequently manifests itself for the Nika fruits. True. Uh, objective which is comedy so they, but also know. it the, the it helps the manga make luffy all the more endearing because he's the toughest person in the crew but he gets beat up by the weakest person in the crew the, the, at least at early on hats, in the run yeah. the straw hats have two captains they have the on on the thousand sunny captain and the off the thousand sunny captain when you're mm. on the thousand sunny nami's the captain of the ship when you're off that's why he wants to get off the off so fast is because then he's in charge again uh, <laughs> that's kind of how it always feels like but i do i do love you know it and i call it the sandwich moment because it's 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 my favorite trafalgar law moment when they're all discussing their plan and sanji's like i'm gonna make everybody sandwiches and he's like wait we're doing strategizing and they're already distracted and then he just completely unprompted goes no crusts on mine and realizes that he's now been sucked into their nonsense mm. and and i think the you should have noticed sooner moment complete with luffy joining in is is uh is rob lucci and kaku's moment and that and that's great because uh i think we can officially put it to bed we are not going to have rematch number two we're not going to have this whole thing where they try to betray them later i think i think we're i I think i think it's a i think we're done in its separate ways after this but like it's not going to be a thing you know what i mean but Mm. anyway that's just like giving them a function or like helping establish that you know luffy and zoro having other characters to bounce off of uh pun intended um but okay that leads that leads to the the theory that everyone's been discussing everyone's been curious i think the most popular theory out there at this point is probably s flamingo and i know last week you and I kind of like wavered a bit on, on our own theories. I think yours, uh, not to represent it uh, without your say so, but you know, you were coming at it from like a world government um, has somebody, a saboteur, whoever the traitor is, uh, could be doing their thing. I know a lot of people still think like it could be Atlas uh, because Atlas is uh, a moon of Saturn and Saturn being the Gorose, like, you know, people are going to. People are going to do their thing. People are going to do their Reddit. Uh, but then um, also there, there are theories that. You know, it's uh, punk records itself. You know, it's it's the actual like uh, lab has like become sentient. Uh, but the most popular theory right now, I think, is uh, now that the 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 Shaka truthers have seen him get shot, <laughs> have switched over to the camp of Esflamingo, probably, which is uh, a theory that I think was mostly popularized by Morge, uh, much to my chagrin. <laughs> but um, uh, he he was one of the first to really like put that out there. The idea that um, I I've been of uh, the idea that there's been a seventh Vega punk i'm feeling less confident about that right now but there's been another idea that there's another seraphim out there who is uh don flamingo or uh, uh do flamingo excuse me and uh based on Flam- uh do flamingo but some people have said oh maybe he's uh you know he's got 
Tenrabito DNA, so that makes him like have a higher authority level or something like that. Uh, people think that the way he marches, like the sound effect, the you know, it's something we saw with Eam, by the way, uh, just putting that out there. But a lot of people think that that like nobility, that sort of like heavy march is reminiscent of Flamingo. Me personally, me personally, this is where I'm at. I was reading some of the early chapters, um, some of the chapters in between Mono and Egghead uh, when we first meet the Seraphim, because I think like this chapter in particular, it really stuck out to me how we keep getting these hints. Like the name of it is like, you should have noticed sooner. I was trying to think, well, what was the first hint? What was the first clue? And I think the first one, and it keeps popping up, is that the Seraphim keep defying orders, right? So like S. Bear, he gets sent back to Egghead because he was a problem child. Uh, we've seen multiple instances where, you know, the, the Seraphim start to blow up the lab, even though, you know, they're not supposed to. Uh, when we first meet, like when Kobe is like commanding the Seraphim, they don't listen to his orders. So there, there seems to be like a breaking of that rule that's been happening over and over again. And so I keep coming to this idea that the Seraphim have been behind this entire thing. And that I, I kind of have this idea that like, because I keep struggling with why is this happening in Decipherpole? Why, why are they being captured but not killed? And I just have this idea that like, maybe they don't want to kill anybody. Maybe they just want everybody to stay on the island. Maybe they don't want to leave the island. Maybe they just want to like keep everybody there. Like, I just have this idea that it's something really childlike like that. I don't know. I, I'm still kind of like working it out in my head, but I just like this idea that it's like, it's all the Seraphim kind of working together. Um, maybe, uh, I, I also like the idea that like, Car it is Caribou who like shoots Shaka and is like working with the Seraphim. I think that, you know, I, that's plausible enough. Uh, but what do you, do you think any of this sounds, uh, uh, mildly interesting? So just to, so, so what I've been calling the punk, uh, the punk records theory, um, it, it, or or what we talked about uh, a few weeks ago about like maybe some, or maybe last week even with the with the poem glyphs changing something about someone's programming here uh, mm -hmm. i've been referring to that in the discord as the terminator theory um and what you're saying is we've gone full terminator 2 and the seraphim themselves have changed objectives is that yes. is that my is that my okay they're commanding themselves and I think it's something very innocent, like the literally the CP zero the, or the CP five, CP six agents were trying to leave. And they're like, you can't leave yet. Like, you're going to stay here. Like, it's something very like horror movie. Um, I don't know. I just like that idea of like their motivation being kind of innocent because they're kids. So but also they're, they're uh... like stone cold because we haven't seen them kill anybody, have we? No, um, unless one of them shot shock. <laughs> but which, uh, we don't, which we don't know. Yet. Which we don't know. Um, yeah, no. I, it's kind of like, do you, so do you think they're playing then all of this combat right now is just a it's game It's literally to them? called a game. It's, it's called a death game, but it could be one of those things where they just want to fight and have fun. And like, you know, I, I, I just keep, I, there's something about it. Like he, Esper is literally called a problem child. They have the temperaments of like children they, and they like nothing children. else seems to make satisfying sense to me because this idea that like Vegapunk or like that there's another clone or that it's just, there's like a, even the flamingo thing, which I think could work into this, like that he could be the head of it and that could like crystallize it. I just like the idea of like, if we had like a flashback and we started to see how all this stuff was happening, like what was happening behind the scenes uh, I think this could come together in a way that's kind of satisfying. There aren't a lot of theories out there that I find satisfying right now, personally. I, I have to say, I like this idea because I had not considered that at all, that the Seraphim themselves had just gone full children of the corn. That's <laughs> uh, that's an interesting take because it does it. It, it fits. I, I, I like it because it fits. Like I was saying before, it's hard to get a read on Shaka. It's hard to get a read on a, a lot of the other satellites. We've only spent so much time with the other satellites. I think that's why people are gravitating towards like Shaka specifically, because when mm -hmm. we get right down the brass tacks of it, he has, he is the Vegapunk who has spoken the most. He is the most framed in, even compared to the Stella. He's the one who's, bringing us the big lore revelations. He's the one that sets up the, I think I'm going to die kind of thing. Like he, he, he is very much weird. And I think that, that at this point, other satellites become a little bit more scrupulous, especially since we can account for everyone's presence. Now 
But again, you know, the Seraphim have been all over the place. They're moving very quickly and have the capacity to. I I think it fits. Because I'm, I'm like wondering, it. too, like, what happened two months ago? Two months ago, the warlords were set out by the world government, right? So that the Seraphim could do their thing. I think that that basically tracks with, like, when the reverie was happening, how much time happened between the raid in Onigashima, or Onigashima, I always say it wrong, and uh, the Straw Hats, like, sailing to Egghead. You could, you could work out that it's been roughly two months or so. And I have this idea, this inkling that something went wrong with the seraphim when the world government was like destroy the warlords and they have some kind of connection there um because like they're literally like replacing the warlords and like i could just see it that is like a very clone thing um and if they want to be the warlords i guess like there could just be this sense that you know they want to be the real thing i don't i just keep coming to this idea of like toy story and like they want to be alive they want to be played with this just this very genuine pure sort of thing kind of contrasts with like how they're kind of heartless or they seem heartless but then you even see like a snake in this you know who is has like a personality who has that you know the the boa hancock sundare kind of thing and I, I, I would i would i would argue that if you had an s flamingo that's why you would have like a kind of conniving seraphim who's sort of you know trying to change you know the rules and be in charge i don't know it, it's it's a little half-baked i know no uh, no but. um i really like this because now i'm thinking about it and, and and you mentioned like uh like sentience and personhood well what what did we have not uh not you know 10 chapters ago where we were talking about clones and and vegapunk saying very straightforward you know this is this is as human as you can get um people are going to say otherwise but it's it's true and you know we we see stussy and you know vampire wings aside like yeah, she's a full human clone of a known character within One Piece. Right. The Seraphim are also that. They're they're more than that, but they are also that. So, in you know, if we're extrapolating out themes and stuff, then yeah, it, it you could absolutely go. Yeah, no, they're they're becoming human. They're becoming aware. Uh, yeah, I, and one one of the things that like prompted it too was when because I was trying to think of like why was Shaka, why did Shaka think to go down there. It was during the fight with the Seraphim. And I think there was something about, like, he was thinking about, like, the what, the experimenting on Alber, the uh, a king, uh, a.k.a., uh, and watching them fight and watching them react to the fight and do all that stuff. And then he goes down to the old Devil Food Research Lab, which is where they were probably made, right? And so I wonder if he has this idea of, like, maybe the Seraphim are the one who took Vegapunk and, like, have him, like, where they were born or, like, have him in an area where, like, they wouldn't even think that he would be because it's not supposed to be, like, a prison. It's, it's like, where they contained the Seraphim, essentially. Like, I think that he pieces it together that the Seraphim are actually behind this on their own, and that's what leads to this. But I don't think that that means that he's shot by a Seraphim. Like, I, maybe, uh... but... You know, because the yeah, Doflamingo used a pistol, but yeah. I need to take an L here because as you were saying that, it dawned on me. Oh, yeah. Zoro explaining that King is Alber and connecting that back to Vegapunk is the spark that did the uh, the Columbo thing for Shaka. I literally did not connect these two conversations whatsoever. Like, like, oh, yeah, no, duh. We did experiments on a guy downstairs. I bet that's where they are. Like... That didn't even occur to me until just now. Oh my goodness gracious! That duh, of course, that makes sense. <laughs> I'll double check because yeah, I'm trying to remember when no, he like you're... says he's gonna leave. Because um, I'm looking at it and I see, you know, they are talking about it. Uh, they have the you should have known us sooner. And then, oh yeah, yeah, right yeah. after that, he's like, "Where are you going? Yeah. I have an idea of where the Stella might be." Yeah, no, that's um, a that's a correct. I think uh, I think that's a correct read of how those events are actually supposed to play out. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how I didn't notice that, but yeah, I think I think I, I gotta say, like you, you say, this is half baked, but I like where this is going because it fits it fits the clues that we have. And I think it's a satisfying thing because Oda has had the Seraphim kicking around as a plot point for a, a good long while. They've been kind of this secret threat in the storyline forever. Uh, and yeah, it, it stands to reason that they are, a, they could be the, the, the big deal here that we're, that we're not noticing. Uh, that's, that's not bad. I like that. I am. I'm kind of curious too. Like we don't see the whole pistol, you know. Is it a pistol? 
that looks like the barrel of a pistol, but it could be the barrel of a rifle. I just I just thought pistol because of a it's so small in the frame. But yeah. Man, I gotta tell you, I stared at these little panels trying to like make out a silhouette, <laughs> trying to make this make sense the whole time. And I, I gotta be honest with you, outside of the fact that this is a very jarring panel, like the the actual shot hitting Shaka. That's such a jarring panel uh, to me because we don't usually see, or I guess I should say, when we see a bullet hit with this kind of like impact that Oda's drawing here, that usually means something. That usually means a, a, something has shifted into a far more serious situation. This a is lot your of rant. This, yeah, we're going to open, I guess we should open up the rant now. Don't forget so. to mention that it looked like this one law got shot like nine times. Yeah, survive. Okay, so so that's where my rant is going here, right? Okay, so uh, <laughs> we know that getting a death to stick in one piece is very difficult. It's extremely difficult. It has you gotta been earn this way. it. In Oda's view, <laughs> it, it has been this, and and I to me this this is the soapbox I'm going to get on. To me, I don't care, and this is why I don't care. Because number one, you know, Luffy doesn't kill, and we know why Luffy doesn't kill. There's there's idealistic reasons why Luffy doesn't kill that fit his character. But also, not killing characters allows Oda to do the things that he does, which is a lot of times giving us cover stories, giving us more world building, allowing characters to re-enter and exit the story as needed. Um, it gives us a world that is, you know more filled with life than a lot of other series that bring in a character for an arc and then kill them. And, and I know that frustrates a lot of people because they want the stakes raised. They want to know that people can die and all this stuff. And the only thing that I can say to that is when people die in one piece, it matters more. It matters more. That's why everyone's flashback is centered around the loss of someone. It's why when that, that like, Ace's death becomes the crux that prompts the time skip, uh, and it's the lowest point in Luffy's entire life, and we're still thinking about it ten years later, beyond um, you, the death of Whitebeard at the same time. It, it's, these, it's these moments that are supposed to be, because at the end of the day, people do die in one piece. And you know when it comes, it's going to matter. So when we have panels like this that are filled with impact, they're either going to be a fake out or they're going to be something very drastic has shifted in the story. And in this case, all of that ranting aside, there's absolutely no way that this guy died. <laughs> There's none. Uh, it's he, He's got to be a robot. There's got to be a backup in punk records. Or he gets up and says, ah, oh, tis but a scratch. I don't know. This is one of those where it's like, there's no stinking way. <laughs> there's no way uh, that he just got shot in the head and the shooter's running off and that's it. And we've resolved this because my guy is wearing a mask. And when you're wearing a mask, the only question everybody has is, once that guy's deal under that mask, I got to see under that mask. So... I fully sympathize with people's frustrations on this is <laughs> my roundabout way to say normally I'm good with it, but this is like, this is shocking and it's very tension building, but boy, howdy is he definitely not dead? <laughs> just yeah. I think that's I a it. safe bet. <laughs> I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Yeah. I, don't I guess uh, I don't know who did it. That's I, I can't yeah. tell you. You don't like the S flamingo theory. I like the S Flamingo theory too, because it would, especially when you, you, you offer stuff up, you go like, oh, well, if he's, if he's a celestial dragon by blood, does that override the command structure? Uh, it, that sounds like something Vegapunk wouldn't be stupid enough to do. But on the other <laughs> hand, he built the rest of these. So, I mean, yeah, maybe he is stupid enough to do it. Uh, you know, no scientist takes a, you know, no, no STEM Lord takes an ethics course. So, you know, here we are, but hmm. a, <sighs> But at the same time, it's one of those things where, I, I mean, if I could be so bold, Doflamingo is way more vicious than this. Would he shoot a guy in the head and run off? That doesn't sound like Doflamingo to me. You, you know, think we, this guy is running off? Whoever's shooting? 
I, I can't tell it's the problem. Uh, to be honest, I, I, it's, it's again, I've been staring at this panel and I think I've, I've, uh, gaslit my gaslit myself into a whole bunch of different things, huh. but it's, it's one of these things where I guess it wouldn't be so quiet. Maybe that's maybe that, like, like why would he shoot from a distance when he could just get up real close and shoot him, you know, and, and, and gloat and do a jump scare. I, I don't know. It's, it's again, trying to ascribe personalities that are, full and realized to entities that are by design not meant to be so it, it's it's very tricky for me i i like the s flamingo theory i like your theory a lot here where you know s flamingo or not you know the seraphim gaining a certain level of personhood uh because that's going to make things very difficult for um, luffy as well because we're no longer dealing with just robots. We're no longer dealing with, you know, you think about how he was fine completely punching out cop Kuma uh, based because, you know, it's just a robot, even though it was Bonnie's emotions, you know, messing him up to flip around and, oh, the Seraphim have personalities. They're people, they're human, so to speak, that that's going to do something to Luffy's reactions to things because, you know, he's going to have to ask himself, you know, aren't these guys also oppressed now if I think about this this way for, for long enough? So I really like those ideas. I, at, at this point, I don't, I don't know. I think, you know, seventh Vegapunk probably doesn't work. Um, I think it depends really on whether or not the Stella recognized it. I think if they are coming down the stairs, Stella recognized them eventually, but man, this is, I, I love that this is such a complicated mystery but I really hope we're about to get the answer to it. It's definitely one of those things where like every week, it, the more clues we get, I think the less information <laughs> or like the less clear it becomes because it really seemed like, like shock seemed like such a plausible, like, Oh yeah, that fits great. And it took like a week or two for that to be like, ah, I don't really fit anymore. <laughs> and so it just, it keeps changing. I, I almost find it kind of masterful. <laughs> Uh, in a way but at this point i'm like all right let's just kind of get to it Uh, i'm ready for it to just to tell us what the deal is uh because this has gone on long enough uh you made your point oda uh you're you're good at this but i mean let's see like uh it's time to you know we're at the, the the stage where you have to show your cards um and you know all bets are off, I guess. Yeah. Do you but, think, yeah. um, do you think I'm going to speak a little bit more esoterically? Do you think, uh, regardless of what the, the solution to the puzzle here is, will they, will they be able to stick the landing on this? Cause mysteries are very hard to do. Mm. I mean, Oda's done it before. And I think that what he's been able to do, like he's been able to, like one of my favorite things that he ever threw at us was like the clues and everything about the going Mary being what talked to, to Usopp. Um, either that was the, there was that whole mystery in Skypea and the way that he wove that into not just a revelation, but something that was crucial to Usopp's character and the story of the Straw Hats. I have faith that he really thinks that stuff through. And that was something similar that was like, it was something that he had set up just at the tail end of the chapter before the arc beforehand. Um, and he didn't have to like really like overdo it. Uh, it just still really fit that, that arc of the story. And here, that's why I keep coming to the idea that like, this should be a revelation that matters. Like if it's something that propels the story forward, what does that look like? You know, where, where does it put the characters next? It, it can't just be a sort of like, well, we have to heighten the stakes so that the straw hats can't just leave Egghead yet. I feel like there's gotta be more to it. There's gotta be some sort of wrinkle to what the straw hats are going to do and their relationship with Vegapunk and all of that stuff, I would hope would be informed by what's happening to them right now. That's why I really like the idea of the Seraphim kind of becoming like pirates or something or going off and on their own and being changed and doing their own thing in this like unstoppable force, you know, of course, joining the straw hat grand fleet. No, I'm just joking, but you know, kind of, uh, creating this crisis for the world government and putting them on the back foot because i think we've talked about this before where just it feels like the world government is uh getting a little bit too much uh with the seraphim like they're becoming a little bit too stacked i guess against the the rogue powers and i like the idea of the seraphim you know 
kind of disrupting their plans a bit. And I'm also still kind of thinking about uh, the, the tournament arc we talked about last week and weeks prior about, you know, what's going to be the next major threat for the Straw Hats before they get to Elbath, if that's what happens next. Uh, I would hope that we we have some kind of, you know, pushing the, the needle on that because all the other worst generation slash emperor characters are having these huge fights. And we just kind of have Luffy just, uh, you know, goofing off, goofing around in Gear 4 on Egghead. And I, I just hope it's all leading somewhere interesting. And by the way, I, I was going to, I forgot to mention this before. I think the reason that the, uh, the saboteur uh, shoots Shaka from a distance is because Shaka is about to let Vegapunk out. Uh, and so I think it, it was just a matter of like having to stop him from doing that, which uh, doesn't necessarily mean that he wants to kill Shaka, but maybe just incapacitate him knowing that shooting him in the head wouldn't kill him. That, that's kind of why I keep coming back to the idea that like, if this is like a Seraphim thing that I don't know if they actually want to kill people um, or if they have like an aversion to that, it would be a very, cause I, I like what you said. I think it was Oda who said that once in an SBS, right? That like Luffy doesn't kill because he wants, uh, I might be butchering this, but he wants characters, even villains, to have another chance at achieving their dreams. Like that, that to me was like such an Oda thing. I forget which SBS that was too. It was, but, very, it was very early on, but it's, it's the idea of, of Luffy doesn't have to kill his enemies because mm-hmm. he can beat their dreams. His he breaks dream, their will. He breaks yeah. their will, and that's more powerful. And again, you know, it's it's mostly for narrative purposes. It's it's the comic book principle, right? But uh, but when you get right down to it, that's that's really what it is. the The entire race for the One Piece is a is a battle of wills. Um, you can do the Blackbeard thing and kill everyone in your way, but that just that doesn't shore up your own will. So used his kid the same way, yeah, because uh, he was known way. for that. You know, up to the time skip of a he was Luffy, but uh, more of a murderer, more of like he his bounty was higher. I think it was like 500 million berries at that point or something. Maybe it was 300 million um, because he just straight up just killed people constantly. Yeah. Luffy, Luffy's will is stronger than the easy way out. That's, that's kind of how I always think about it. And I like that about him because it's not strictly a, a moral or a good, it's, it's not saying, Oh, we don't kill people. Cause again, people do die in one piece. It's, it's very much just, Hey, I don't have to kill people. I, I, I'm stronger willed than that. I'm going to take the hard way out. I'm going, and it's the same rules that he plays by. As long as he can keep getting up, he can keep fighting and he can keep going rounds. And he ascribes that same respect to the people he fights. So you're saying silhouetted guns don't kill people. Saboteurs with silhouetted guns and probably heavy boots. (laughs) Absolutely. uh, Absolutely fail to kill people. (laughs) Fail fail to kill. Yeah. Robotic life forms or whatever the satellites are supposed to be, I guess. Is that Uh, blood or is that oil coming out of him? Do you think? Good question. I mean, that's the thing is like where he's going to remove the mask. Right. And I think that they do have like synthetic because like Lilith kind of looks more like a person than a lot of the Mm -hmm. other ones you work too. Um, so my assumption has been that Shaka has like a face and I want to see what Shaka looks like. You want to see what what Shaka looks like? What if Shaka looks like King? What if? Oh, oh, plot twist. He has (laughs) Seraphim. That's why he figured it out is because he has Seraphim. I don't know. Seraphim bits. That would be, I mean, you almost need him to look like something like you need him to look like someone, right? That would kind of be important. Like why wear a mask? You know, the, the narrative theory is that a character wears a mask to hide something. Why would he hide his face? And yeah, I mean, it's a, it's unclear to me uh, why he would wear a mask at all. Um, Pythagoras and Edison kind of look more like robots, but mm-hmm. they sort of, you know, maybe it's because he wants to hide, uh, you know, at being the good character he is, he wants to hide his expression in order to give off this air of logic and moral uprightness and hide his expressions. I don't know. I know yeah, they could do whatever with it. You're you're probably right, actually. You're probably <laughs> spot on with that. He would never explain it to. It would just be like, oh, it would be like an yeah. SBS. Yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah, whatever. I, I, yeah, there's a lot of things that I feel like because we talked about the SBS bit last week, but I, I really feel mm-hmm. like there's a lot of things that are just going to have to get SBS. Like the little details about Egghead. Who are these other people on Egghead that we barely seen anything from? Uh, and SBS is going to tell us their life story. Who lives on Egghead? Who lives? Like, yeah. is, who has a visa for Egghead? Like, I, I've never got. Okay, it's time for my One Piece rant. I never talked about this with you. 
look, the entire series, since the very beginning, there's just been this romantic, you know, the grand line and then the new world. And ever since we've been to the grand line, I've always just kind of looked at the islands that we go to from Whiskey Peak to Alabasta to not Fishman Island, but, you know, Dress Rosa. Who are these people? Who Who's going there willingly? Why do these kingdoms exist? And like, how do the people... Like, are they born there and just live their whole lives? Is there, I know, like, Water 7 has the trains and everything. But, like, what would? why would someone want to live there at all and not just live in, like, the East Blue? Like, the, the chill, peaceful East Blue. But instead live where all the strongest pirates are, like, coming to make a name for themselves. Like, I don't get it. Like, I've never understood it. And I've always felt like it's kind of weird. And it's because you have to have citizens. You have to. But even at a place like Egghead. Who showed up? Who invited them? Why would Vegapunk want these people there? Are they people? What's going on? So putting putting Egghead aside, I think they're just lab assistants. But but, but putting that aside, uh, I'm gonna put on my test uh, subjects. I'm gonna put on my yeah. He, like I said, how many you know how many ethics? It sounds like he stripped his ethics out and put them in other robots. That's what it sounds like. But mm-hmm. uh, but uh, in terms of like who are these people living here, I'm gonna go ahead and put on my Kami Panko hat here for a second and and say it's because they don't have the resources to move. This like is the a, ones in Wano who left to go. Yeah, and it's yeah. dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous. Probably, uh, you know, we we learn about Zoro's family tree and and how hard it was for them to get to the to a safe place in the East Blue, and even then they had to fight mountain bandits. It's uh, you know, and we're not talking about people who were just immigrants. We're talking about people who were warriors and and swordsmiths and everything, and had marketable skills. Y- y- this is a difficult place. It's probably difficult to get out of the Grand Line safely if you don't have power yourself. And power Maybe that's is Luffy's dream. Give people all like a, like a subway to get to yeah. wherever they want to go in the world. Give people a a, 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 free, <laughs> a metro a card. free a metro card. <laughs> <laughs> Pay for their bus fare. Um, he wants to it, fly like a bird. Fly yeah. his friends over the red line. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think at the end of the day, it's just you know these 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 are descendants of people who have lived in these countries forever, and chances are good that they're. They they just can't leave. It's not safe for them. They don't have the resources. And, and that's not to say that like the East Blue itself was not a dangerous place to to live and navigate. You know, literally just one day out of nowhere, a, 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 a angry fishman and all of his friends just pick an island and decide. Oh, you know, we're just gonna do some. We're just gonna do some. You know, you know gangster stuff here. And we're gonna. Is that better in Dressrosa, where we have? Doflamingo no. literally like no but again Doflamingo gets away with everything that Doflamingo wants to get away with because he because he has power he has class status uh you know these like I said put on put on my old uh my you know big uh communism hat here and just be like no this like this is a, a reminder that most people are usually oppressed by some kind of a, a force of power drum kingdom is is an arc about a lot of things but what it's also about is that you can't just privatize healthcare for the richest guy around. Literally everyone else suffers. And and that's the the, the biggest thing that makes like Hero Luke so special is he was giving his care away out for free. Uh that that kind of stuff. Um and, you know, the, the, these are things that are always sitting within one piece in the background. I could go on forever about kind of how weirdly leftist one piece can get but uh yeah i I would say it's just it's easy to get on a ship and say you're going to be a pirate it's easy to get on a ship and go join the navy um it's easy to get to get on a ship and you know maybe go work, work in a restaurant or do something that's serving a higher class of people it's very difficult i would assume especially for those living in the grand line for those living maybe in these very Luffy's dangerous dream places. is that it's no longer illegal to be a pirate it's no longer illegal to be a pirate it, it you know and this is such an interesting thing about um, everyone gets to be a pirate that's luffy's dream because he wants everyone to go everywhere and he could and, do that if he was king of the pirates well and and luffy's definition of the word pirate is different than a lot of people's definition of the word pirate like early early drafts of one piece like the romance dawn draft i don't know if you've ever had yeah a there used to, to be that. two different types there, of pirates it was an story. ideological yeah. thing and in the case of luffy as a character like that's still there 
Um, that's still very much the root to him. Pi- being a pirate is not pillaging and hoarding and burning down towns and, and you, know, you know what we usually associate with piracy. What the navy associates with piracy for him, it's about it's about you know living the way you want to live, to live as free as possible, to be with the people you care about, and to enjoy life and and discover things. And so, wanting that for Florida other people, could use a Luffy. Yeah. Look, Florida, have, you, have you seen that TikTok <laughs> of somebody in Louisiana? Like, it was just a selfie video of them like staring, and and the caption is me watching Luffy run to Mount Rushmore after telling after feeding him gumbo and telling him the history of slavery in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> just like it is like that's a luffy thing that's what he would do so you know maybe it is maybe he just wants everybody to be a pirate like him i don't who knows man i that's childish enough like, like said, it is the, childish. The, that is something the, where everybody would be like what <laughs> yeah the, yeah the, the rule the only rule for me when it comes to considering a luffy's dream theory is does it sound like something an actual child would think up if yeah. so then it's on the table as far as i'm concerned which sounds very like that would make people laugh, but also people will be like, "He's serious." <laughs> yeah, that you just because everyone has their own baggage with pirates. Yeah, and, and it could be something as simple as that everyone can sail the seas exactly. freely. That's that's something a kid would say. Sure, I like that. That's, that's a nice thought. Um, I like Luffy. <laughs> I, like, I like Luffy a lot. I don't know if you wanted, uh, you know, a couple things um, we haven't talked about yet. Uh, I've I wanted to mention it's. I, I think. I think Zoro's costume is so cool. Like, I just want to keep keep bringing that up whenever I can. Um, He's got cool. drip. It's uh, it's something. Um, also, I was just gonna bring up to uh, the 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 Stella that, or it's not the Stella. We're gonna make the uh, the satellites that go down. Um, it's kind of interesting to me that like Edison is down, but it, it happens off screen. Um, we already know that York has been turned to stone. Um, the only, it looks like the only, um, Vegapunk satellite that's still functioning, that can still do anything right now is Atlas. And unless I'm forgetting something that happened last week, uh, I think Pythagoras is still kind of functional, but like still just like a head. I don't know if that, I forget if there was any development on that. And, so, and if he knows who it, if he knows who the traitor is, he is quickly running out of people to tell. Mm. yeah because um we don't see him um in this uh when like frankie gets partially turned to stone and this that whole fight we don't, i don't think we see pythagoras at we all. don't uh we don't see york either after no. the bridge blows up so we we, we don't see we don't see Stussy, we don't see jinbei yeah yeah it's and and by the way i'm glad that oda didn't spend extra pages giving us ever giving us everybody's status report every single chapter we got a lot of that yeah, during yeah. Wano, we're, mm. and I get why we did it during Wano, but we don't need to do it here. I'm very glad we're not doing it here. We will see Jinbei next week, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm kind of curious if Luffy's going to go up against S. Snake at some point, um, because like, would he have the same effect on her that he has on the real Boa Hancock? It, I mean, um, it almost it almost seems like it has to, right? Not necessarily in a creepy way, because I know people have been weird about S. S. Snake and, mm. and Boa Hancock, and as we previously uh, d- discussed, Oda's provocations. Uh, but uh, I doubt it's going to be in the same way as as because I mean, even even Hancock's little infatuation with Luffy is is kind of wholesome. It's not really played to be lewd. Not that that's ever stopped anyone, but. It's not really that way. Um, I don't think it's going to be as physical. It's going to be almost like a little kid crush on like a like your dad's cool friend or something. Anarchy. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. yeah, yeah. Big aunt. Oh, don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm over here. I'm over here. Like I swear he's not that weird. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah. and then I just come in and ruin everything. Yeah. And then just like uh, it, might, it could get that weird. This is anime we're talking about. And like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. It's just so interesting. Frankie has been on a string of W's since the time skip. I mean, dude has been like killing every fight. Uh, he's been like strutting 
right? Like he had a uh, he had a good lick in on Big Mom, didn't take much damage. He was one of the few characters after the raid who was he still had some cola left to go, as he said. You know, he could he could have gone a few more rounds. Um, his victory against Senior Pink, uh, legend to this day. Uh, but here he kind of you know he takes a little bit of an L, which was a nice little I think uh, humbling moment for the guy on an island where I'm a little surprised we haven't got much Frankie development uh, considering uh, we've really just sort of seen him having fun being on this island and kind of observing things, but not really having any progression, which, uh, you know, it is what it is for now, I suppose. Um, otherwise, yeah, bubble guns right there. You know, he's, he's still got plenty of technology to learn bubble gun. It's very good name, but it's, it's good to see the straw hats take an L. I know that sounds weird, but it's, it's a good reminder because it's been a while since like collectively everybody's taken an L or is at least struggling a little bit outside of Luffy fighting Kaido because I, I, because one piece fans love power scaling, even though it's not a series that power scales very well. And we've been even, even here on this show, we've been like, Oh, well how, you know, how is Luchi going to fight Luffy? Uh, he's gear fifth. It's so it's, you know, and that's exactly how it played out. But but it, it's good to have a nice little reminder that, like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, we we have reached a very high level of power. We have accomplished some genuinely great things. But this series is not over yet, baby. So we got some L's to take. Yeah. And uh, the humility is uh, helpful. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting that uh, with Sanji, you know, we see him kind of uh, really get heated here um, because uh, somebody made... Somebody, somebody scared Nami, right, and made her scream, and then he kind of just goes all out against this Jimbe Junior. And I think it's interesting that the S Shark uh, model is paired up with Sanji instead of Jimbe, at least for now, just because there was that whole like gag where Sanji was like number four. You know, uh, Jimbe had kind of <laughs> taken his spot, which unfair considering Sanji took down Queen in legitimate one v one, which is absolutely no small feat uh, he took down the the third strongest of the of the um uh animal kingdom pirates he's and the fact that he he took the beast pirate uh you know one of the top hitters who has a pretty big gap i would say between him and like jack and who's who um not not to discount jimbe whatsoever but i think there's just a little bit of like bias for jimbe as a former warlord and uh and the fact that he has conquerors hockey and i can see why like the world government would be a little bit like oh yeah you know he sanji is number three of the vin smokes number four of the straw hats uh and he gets a little he he got a little bit of a humility check after having a higher bounty than Zoro for a, a spell. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in the case of, in the case of Sanji specifically, uh, he's one of the wings of the pirate King. It's, it's important to remember that that's not a, that's not something you can just lose. He is, he's one of the primary support systems uh, of this entire crew. Uh, it's a, you know, three or four, you know, whatever you cannot discount, the, you can't discount the boy. You cannot. There, there will be plenty of times for him to be a rival to Zoro, uh, like we all love uh, the, the, mm. the true romance of One Piece. <laughs> Is there uh, anything else? I feel like I've covered everything I wanted to get into. Was uh... yeah. Any other I, rants? Uh, distress? No, this is. I. I just. I'm. Uh, it's one of these things where it's like, I'm probably gonna go back and read the arc after we get this reveal. Um, to see if it makes sense and then mm-hmm. maybe we'll see how that plays out i i'm, I'm murder mysteries and these kind of like things are it, they're really tough to nail so i really hope that this doesn't end up like super anticlimactic i it probably won't not i'm worried about nothing but uh br- bring on next chapter let's go yeah. Only other thing I was going to say is like, I enjoyed Luffy being like, who are you, Kaido? Um, and also, you know, further seeing him just like switch to gear forth, you know, and be able to go back to his regular form without the heavy consequences that really it wasn't that long ago that Luffy had the 10 minute penalty. Uh, that was as recent as Whole Cake Island was the last time we saw that when he fought Katakuri. And obviously his victory there was a real step forward for him and then him further conquering his hockey no pun intended there actually has uh, only made him all the more uh, formidable. So yeah, lots to get into uh, for the next chapter, which uh, do we have a break next week? Travis? No, no, we, no we got another one coming this week. Music to my ears. So we'll be back of course, to recap chapter 1078. When that drops, do you think we're going to find out who the trader is next chapter? Or are you sort of like cautiously 
pessimistic. Jeez, I hope so. I really, <laughs> I'm I, so tired. I, of this. If, I, it's it's not even that I'm tired of it. It's just if we add one more weird layer to this, it's mm-hmm. going to be harder to sell this resolution. Yeah. The more the digger, the further we dig, because usually One Piece mysteries are stretched out over the course of a lot of time, whereas the mystery is kind of the point of the story here. And like I said, the the longer you do this, they're so hard to nail, even when they're good. Uh, it. it the more we keep dragging this out, the harder it is going to be for this to actually land in a way that doesn't have us all go, okay, hang on, come on. Now, what <laughs> yeah. about, you know, like the, the longer this happens, the more red herrings, it, let's just I'm wrap it still, up. I'm still salty about stretching out uh, that it was Hiori who healed the scabbards after the rooftop fight, oh, you know, like, the why did that have answer? to? <laughs> well, it, well, people still had the whole like it was an L, like all that stuff, and like it just took so long to bring her back or to like kind of explain. And we really didn't get a good payoff for that, in my opinion. I, but um, I will yeah. say that I sometimes, and this is just personal headcanon, I have nothing to back this up. I sometimes feel like because uh, Oda has said before in interviews that if he knew how the internet was going to evolve um, alongside his series um, and and what people were going to do on the internet with his series. Uh, mm-hmm. He would have made a lot of things harder to figure out. And considering how hard things are to figure out sometimes <laughs> for the series, I wonder if he does some of this pacing just to mess with like YouTube to distract YouTubers. Us. Yeah. You so, know, like, we're not we, talking about what the one piece is this week. We're too busy talking about his little minor mystery. Yeah. <laughs> it's, think, it's all in the plan. I mean, you look at, you look at his writing pace, um, you know, under the, the more recent, you know three weeks on one week off structure he's he's structuring you know cliffhangers and reveals and stuff usually around those breaks to give us a little bit more meat to chew on get you know kind of keep us excited for what's coming next while he takes a quick breather uh that's adjusted a little bit so the idea that he's that he's adjusting certain mysteries or like adjusting certain places where oh we're going to reveal this here to not have some sort of impact on the discussion i it's i think it's a reasonable thing to say I'll agree with you there. So, all right, well, we'll leave it there until next week. Thanks again for listening to Rookie Pirate Radio. Excited to talk about the next chapter with you, Travis. Until then, I'm, I'm going to set sail on not thinking about One Piece, at least for a couple of days. I need a breather. So I hope you do, too. Yeah, I, I'm going to Pepe Silva the whole mystery again, and we don't need that. <laughs> See you, everybody.